Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Sometimes it's almost like the cure is worse than a disease. And they're just writing scripts and making money. Jesus is saying your life shouldn't be characterized by worry. Are you listening? Jesus says your life shouldn't be characterized by worry because Jesus knows what worry will do to you. So worry is destructive and not only to you physically, but also to your faith. Worry is destructive. Jesus says there's more to life than just sitting there fat and happy and well-dressed. Point number two, worry is deceptive in verses 23 and 24. Life is more, go ahead and peruse your Bible, verse 23 and 24. Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn and God feeds them. Well, how much more value are you than the birds? You see, worry deceives us into thinking that what you're, what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and what you're, where you're going to go on vacation, they, you know, they're like, that's all life is made of. Keep in mind now, the audience that Jesus is talking to is vast and it's diverse. There's carpenters and, fire and, 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 and farmers and vine dressers and all kinds of people in the crowd. So when Jesus said, don't worry about your life, They thought about their gardens and their fields. We think of what we will eat. We think of Foo Lion. Or we think of Harris Teeter. Or we think of Applebee's. But these people were depending on rain for a successful crop. We worry about having enough money to buy food. They worry about planting and reaping and rain. We think of what we will wear. We think of Nordstrom's. Or we think of JCPenney's. Or for some of y'all uppity folk. J.C. Peñez. <laughs> you see, they would think, are y'all follow me here. They would think the process of healthy sheep for wool, for food to feed them so that they can be healthy, and the process of getting that wool and then making that, those clothes. So in a real sense, Jesus is saying, don't worry about how you will take care of yourself. And then he gives them an example. Jesus says, look at the birds. If you don't want to worry, then you need to do some bird watching. Now, have you ever seen, listen, look at me. Have you ever seen a skinny bird in a fast food parking lot? No, I will never, I will never forget this. One time I was sitting in Papa Lou's. Well, actually what used to be Papa Lou's on Western Boulevard Y'all remember, anybody remember Papa Lou's on Western Boy? They're not Papa Lou's no more. Now there's some Greek 
Greek gyro place or they sell, but they used to be Papa Lou's. Anybody know? Let's raise your hand. Papa Lou's. Okay. Okay. That's some of y'all. Okay. Remember they used to have the best chicken fingers and the dip that goes in them and they had fries and they had onion rings. So I'm meeting this person there one time. I haven't even had breakfast or lunch. I'm getting hungry thinking about that. And so, you know, I'm meeting this person there one time and I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for them to show up and I'm watching this bird. And this bird is walking around with this ginormous onion ring in its mouth. <laughs> this onion ring is like super huge. I mean, here is stuff that happens and like you will never, ever, ever forget it. This is indubitably in my mind. So this bird is walking around. It's got this ginormous onion ring in its mouth. This onion ring is so huge, the bird could do hula hoops with this onion ring. I mean, it was absolutely huge. And I thought to myself, now the birds know where to hang out. The birds know where to hang out. If you worry, just go. Look, if you're a worrier, just go into a parking lot of a fast food restaurant and God will give you onion rings. That's all I want to say about that. You know, somebody else put it like this. Listen to this. Said the robin to the sparrow, I would really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so said the sparrow to the robin, I think it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. I like that. I believe the birds are sitting in the trees wondering why we're running around so frantic and worrying, will God provide? Look at verse 25. Worry can't lengthen your life and you can't worry yourself taller and you won't live any longer worrying. You'll only shorten your life. You know, people have worried themselves to death but they haven't worried themselves to a longer life. Think about that. Well, look at verse 27. Jesus says, if you can't conquer worry by bird watching, then go out and stare at the flowers of the field. Look how beautiful and colorful they are and know that God will provide for you. Verse 28, if God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, why don't you believe he will take care of you? Am I talking to you? Why don't you believe that he will take care of you? Why don't you believe that he'll take care of you? Oh, you of little faith. If he takes care of the birds, he is the point, my people. If he takes care of the birds, then he will take care of who? You. If he takes care of the flowers, then he will take care of who? You. You see, the problem isn't God. The problem is you. The problem is your faith. The problem is your lack of faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Can I tell you something about worry? Can I tell you something about unforgiveness? Can I tell you something about holding bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, and all of these things, covetousness, and all of these things? If you hold on to those things, you cannot move forward with what God wants to do. In other words, you can't hold on to the past and, and, and grab on to the future at the same time. Can somebody say amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to let go of the past. You got to let go of that unforgiveness. You got to let go of that bitterness. You got to let go of that covetousness. You got to let go of that bad relationship. You got to let go of that, that, that bitter attitude that you have. You got to let that go. If you're going to grab hold of the future, you got to let it go. 
You can't be a worry ward. You know, there are some people, they are just worry wards. Anybody know people like that? You just worry about everything. You get a little, a little pain in your chest and you go, oh, I must be having a heart attack. It's like, well, wait a minute. Could it be the salsa and the tacos and the french fries that you ate last night and it's heartburn? You're not having a heart attack. You need some Tums for the tummy. Tums for the tummy. But oh, man, I'm having a heart attack. Some people are just worried. Or they got like a little bump, a little tiny bump. Oh, man, what if it's a tumor? Man, maybe it's the seven signs of cancer. You know, some people are so driven by worry, their blood type is B negative. You need to write that down, don't you? (laughs) So worry, and we live in a culture where, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, write down B negative while you listen to me. Because that's some of y'all, you know I'm speaking to you, you know it. Listen, we live in a culture where we, our culture creates, it causes people to want to worry. Okay, so I'm home, there's a new talk show, as if we need another talk show. Okay, so there's a talk show, and there's Dr. Oz. And Dr. Oz, he's going to, you know, I, I saw the commercial one time. I was actually getting ready for a Wednesday night church, and I saw the commercial one time. And he goes, uh, you know, I had to throw church in there to make it spiritual. And uh, so, <laughs> so I saw the commercial in there, and it says, Dr. Oz, t- tune in tomorrow on Dr. Oz show. He's going to tell you something that could kill you. <laughs> I'm like, are we alarmists or what? I mean, it's like you know, we live in a culture where it is driven by fear. Fear of terrorism, fear that everybody's watching you, fear there's cameras everywhere, fear this and fear that and fear, oh, my job, fear your finances and fear your health and fear this. Listen, God has not, the Bible says, listen to me, Mr. and Mrs. Christian. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I don't care what the culture is doing. I don't care what the culture says. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I will not let Satan seduce me into causing me to be fearful for what? When I serve a God who is bigger than all. And poor, we can sing about the greatness of God. How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? All will see how great is our God. Really? You believe it? If you believe it, then act like it. And when trials come, act like it. And when worry seems to overtake you, act like your God is great. And, 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 and when worry seems to come in, then put some worship music in and get that garbage out of your car. Y'all know I'm talking to you. Get that junk off your radio. Get it off your iPod. Put some worship music in. Read your Bible for a change. (gasps) That's an idea. (laughs) How about reading your Bible? You'd be surprised how reading the B-I-B-L-E will just comfort your soul. Can I get a witness? It will just 
just comfort. You just read the Bible. All of a sudden, you just shut the Bible and you go. You take a deep breath. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And the problem is you of little faith. Number three, worry is deformative. Let's move forward. Look at verse 29. And do not seek what you should eat or drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek. Are y'all with me? All these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. Worry is deformative because it keeps you from growing. And did you get this? For all these things, the nations of the world seek after. Jesus is saying, listen to me close. Jesus is saying, if you're in a state of anxiety and worry all the time, that this isn't Christian, it's pagan. This isn't Christian, it's heathen. This is what the unbelievers do. For all these things the nations seek after, and your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, the Father is watching over you and caring for your every need. Here's two positives for you. Number four, remember God's word. Look at verse 31. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. If you're taking notes, you write this down. The word worry means to be torn apart. It's the picture of a ship being tossed in the storm with no stability and torn apart by uncertainty and unrest. No peace, no stability. Again, is that you? No peace, no stability. Just tossed to and fro from one fear to another. It's the opposite of a life that is anchored in the harbor of God's word. And the word anxious, if you're taking notes, you write this down. It means to be held in suspense. To be held in suspense. So why would anyone want to live life this way when they can have the peace of God and the joy of God and joy in the Holy Spirit and the stability of God's word seeking the kingdom first. Happy, faith-filled people make the kingdom a priority. And then the word seek, if you're taking notes, that means to actively pursue. It means to continually go after. Every day of your life, you ought to seek first the kingdom of God. But in order to seek the kingdom, you must first seek the king. Because you can't have a kingdom, are you listening? You can't have a kingdom without a what? a king. And it's not enough to seek the kingdom and to seek the Lord. You must seek the kingdom of God first. It's not enough to seek the kingdom. People, are you seeking the kingdom? Yeah, I'm seeking the kingdom. You seeking the Lord? Yeah, I'm seeking the Lord. Yeah, but let me ask you, are you seeking him first? Seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew tells us, same text in Matthew, it says, seek first. Here it says, seek the kingdom. Matthew says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. You know, there's a beautiful scripture I want to share with you. It's in Psalm 34, verse 4, and it says in Psalm 34, verse 4, it's on the screen. Can you read it with me? It says, I sought the Lord. Let me hear you read it with me. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fear. Isn't that a great verse? He delivered me from all my phobias. And then finally, remember God's heart in verse 32. 
Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Listen, this is an amazing verse. It's the father's, listen to me, please. If you hear nothing else, listen to this. It is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It pleases him. It blesses him to bless you. I am sure God enjoyed the look on their faces when they passed through the Red Sea or the look on their faces when the walls of Jericho, I like to say it like this, came a tumbling down. Like when you were a kid, it's like the walls of Jericho came a tumbling down. I'm sure it brought God joy. God probably said right on the money when that stone landed right between the eyes of Goliath. It brought God joy the day that Lazarus rose from the grave and the leper was cleansed, it makes the father happy to care for you. God isn't blessing you grudgingly. Did you know that? It pleases him to supply the things we need for this Christian journey. And as I've read this passage many, many times, you know, I get the impression that God is trying to encourage us in like a childlike faith. God is kind of couching this language in terms that we can understand, like your child trusts you, and your kids don't worry about things. I mean, your five-year-old doesn't say, hey, mom, dad, uh, did we get the gas bill paid? <laughs> Anybody got a five-year-old that says that? They don't worry about that. They don't say, hey, um, they don't worry about dinner tonight. They just assume and trust that they are. They go to the refrigerator. Your kids and parents, y'all know what I'm talking about. Your kids go to the refrigerator. They open it up. The refrigerator is full. You just went shopping. Cabinets is full. Refrigerator is full. Your kids go to the refrigerator, open it up. They look in there. They shut the refrigerator. They go, ain't nothing in this house to eat. <laughs> Any parents know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand, parents. You know, ain't nothing in this house to eat. I, my kids used to do that. I would tell them, let me tell you something. And this is how I do in my house. If I say, let me tell you something, what I'm about to say, it ain't going to be ungodly because I'm going to keep it real and spiritual. But it ain't going to be pretty either. I said, let me tell you something. If what we have in this house ain't what you want to eat, then you best to get on over the food line. And you better got your own money. Well, I ain't got no money, then you better get in there and eat what's in there. All we got is peanut butter and beans. You better mix them up. <laughs> peanut butter and beans, it tastes good. You need to try it. It ain't bad. It's good protein, baby, protein. We need it. Or they open up the closet. Closet full of clothes. Full of clothes. I got one daughter. I'm not going to even tell you her name, but she sings on the worship team. Closet full of clothes every single week. Shoes, 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 shoes. She opened up the closet, a shoe will fly and hit your eye. I have been hit so many times. Shoes, and she come to me every single week, 52 weeks a year. Dad. Oh, no, it starts like this. Daddy. And I usually say, how much is this going to cost me? I ain't got nothing to wear. What you mean you ain't got nothing to wear? You said last week you didn't have nothing to wear. I gave you money to go get something to wear. And now you're telling me you don't have nothing to wear? Why can't you wear what you wore last week? Well, because I wore it last week and it doesn't match the shoes that I have. 
I need more shoes. You don't have enough shoes. No, I really don't. The shoes, they don't really match what my style is. I'm like, sweetheart, can't you just get a black pair of shoes and wear and wear everything? Can I get a witness from somebody? Just get one black pair of shoes and wear them all the time. If you need loafers, cut the heel off. <laughs> if you need heels, glue it back on. <laughs> Ain't never enough. You know, somebody said this, and I love this. They said, raising, a, raising children is like being pecked to death by a duck. Honestly, that is the truest thing I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Raising children is like being pecked to death by a duck. Can the parents say amen? amen? And I get the idea that God is more interested in raising children than theologians. God doesn't say, your professor in heaven, your New Testament theology professor. He says, the Father in heaven knows that you need these things. God knows everything about you, and he still loves you. He knows your hopes, your fears, your dreams, your thoughts, your sin, your strengths, your weaknesses, and he still loves you. He's your father, he's your shepherd, he's your king, and you need not worry. And if you are one who, are, who is prone to worry, then listen, you might want to count that as spiritual warfare. Don't you know Satan would seek to hold you back by keeping you worried about things? When he knows worry is the furthest thing that a Christian needs to be doing. A Christian needs to be full of faith and full of trust, not full of fear and full of worry. And Satan will use it against you every single time. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom and God will take care of everything else. You know, somebody once said it like this. I want to say my pastor told me, my pastor, Bob Chapel, he's gone with the Lord now. He actually went to be with the Lord about a month ago and I was in India. And there's a lot of things he told me that I remember. I remember he told me about teaching the Bible. He said, put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. Remember I told you all that? That means bring it down. All that theology, bring it down. You know, you studied the Greek and all that, bring it down. Put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. He taught me that. And he also taught me, he said, Rodney, this was years ago, 26, 25 years ago. He said, Rodney, he said, if you take care of God's business, God will take care of yours. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's why the Bible says seek first the kingdom of God. I like to tell people, live your life backwards. I'm just trying to help you. Live your life backwards. What do you mean, Rodney? I mean live your life from heaven to earth. First of all, what would please God, and then live your life this way. Most of us live our lives from earth to heaven, hopefully. But live your life seeking the kingdom first. Take your time, your talents, your resources, your treasures, and put them in the kingdom. Because Jesus said in verse 34, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. If your treasure is in the stock market, you'll be checking the Dow Jones every day. If your treasure is in the kingdom, because listen, 
Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going. Are you getting me? If your treasure is in the stock market, your heart's going that way. If your treasure is in the kingdom of God, your heart's going that way. That's why you take your time, your talents, your money, your resources, and you put them into the kingdom. You invest them into the church, into the things of God, into healthy soil, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to. If your treasure is in the world, if your treasure is in drugs, sex, rock and roll, Elvis, Tupac, or whoever ever these people are, I was trying to think of more, but I can't. <laughs> whoever they are, if your treasure's over there, that's where your heart's going. That's why the Bible says you got to have your mind transformed, saints. Because you want your, you know, your mind transformed. Garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. God's Word will transform your life. And after a while, you'll love Jesus so much and you'll trust Him. See, it's an issue of trust. Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you who trust little. The more you know God, the more you trust Him. And then you won't worry so much. And after a while, you're like, you know what? I don't need antidepressants. I don't need all these drugs. You know what I need? I need Jesus. And God will do a work in your life. And before you know it, you're just walking and trusting him and seeking him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And God begins to cause you to, to, to walk in faith and be trusting of him. This is what God wants for his people. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.